Welcome to Better World Boston. My name is Somya Ganapati and I will be your host. The past two weeks have been a bit busy with work and everything else and hence the delay in posting another podcast. For this episode, I will share an interview I did with John Moore of New England Solar Hot Water. This is an interview that was done earlier this year. I've always been fascinated with the power of the sun and how we can harness this power for heating and energy. In fact, we're actually looking at replacing our current hot water tank with a solar hot water heating system. In this interview, John answers some of the questions I had about solar hot water heating. I hope this is helpful for you and answers some of the questions you might have if you're considering a solar hot water heating system. Hi, John. Can you tell us a little about yourself and how you got interested in solar hot water? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me. I, um, our, our company is called New England Solar Hot Water because that's our specialty. We do, we do some solar electric installations, but um, we're focused on solar hot water. And the reason... I got interested in it was uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an architect. I worked in low-income housing for many years, 25-year, um, 30-year career, and got the environmentalist bug and was looking around searching for technologies that, um, that I could get excited about. And solar hot water, all the engineers, you know, there are a lot of businessmen talking about solar electric PV and and other technologies, but the engineers were talking about solar hot water, and as I looked more into it, I realized it was uh, fascinatingly efficient um, use of solar energy. Um, the panels being, you know, converting solar energy to heat rather than to electricity, you, you really don't lose much in that transition, and as long as you have need for the heat and use for the heat, um, it seemed to be the most exciting renewable technology for me. Um, and I also had some family interest because my father was interested in plumbing, so that also brought me around to it. So, um, yeah, so that's how I got interested. I went to a few shows, met a few people, and ended up um, meeting uh, Bruce Dyke, who, who's our president and owner, and he'd been installing for four or five years, I guess, at that point. And, we partnered up, and since then we've uh, we've been very successful in Massachusetts. We've installed uh, also in New York, Connecticut, and elsewhere in New England. But we concentrate in Massachusetts. We have about 600 systems in place, all running now. Um, and um, great. We've had a, a really great run, great partnerships. So I've had, I've enjoyed it. I was actually talking yeah. to a lady who wanted to do solar panels but she couldn't do solar panels mm. because of the amount of trees. But an option she had was for solar hot water, and she was so pleased with the reduction in her energy bill that she was really um, impressed, and she kind of became an advocate. I was wondering, though, um, having said that, how does solar hot water work, and how is it different from the solar panels? Because from what I'm told, the solar panels would create electricity, but in order to create hot water heating from solar panels, you'd probably need a lot more of them? Yes. Solar, solar panels, um, we usually refer to, to the, the panels for solar thermal systems as, as collectors rather than panels. 
Um, so that's the terminology, collecting, collecting heat, basically. And the way they work is, is very simple. If you've ever touched the dashboard of a car when the sun's hitting it, you know how hot that dashboard can get, much hotter than the surrounding mm -hmm. air. And that's basically what's happening in a solar collector. There's a big copper plate behind the glass, and that's just getting super hot from the sun hitting it. And then there are some uh, pipes attached to that copper pipes that are kind of integral to that plate that pick up that heat and, and run it down to the, uh, the solar tank um, to store for the use of the house or the, or the business. Um, okay. Solar electric panels uh, are converting sun's energy into electricity. Now they lose about 80% of the sun's energy in that conversion. Um, so, you know, most solar electric panels are in the 20% efficient range. Uh, solar thermal collectors are more like 85% efficient. So for the same roof area, for the same amount of energy, it would take three to four times the roof area in solar electric panels to produce the same energy. Got um, it, got it. Just seems that it's a lot more efficient to have a solar collector. For hot water, it is, yeah. For producing electricity, of course, we can't do that. But for hot water, if you have a use for hot water, a use for the heat, um, it's a more efficient way to produce heat of any kind, yeah as opposed to solar electric panels. Got it. And do you know how much energy it takes to, to generate hot water for a, a regular household? I was just curious, what's the percentage of energy consumption for hot water heating mm. compared to refrigeration or air conditioning mm. or other appliances? Mm. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people that have done studies on that and created pie charts and graphs that I see at different uh, workshops I go to. Um, it's hard to compare because, um, well, it's hard to compare with, with space heating. Usually they look at, well, you know, I, I'm spending money on oil or gas to heat my house and heat my hot water. How much of it is for my hot water? Of course, it's not usually separately metered. So, um, you know, most, uh, it's kind of changing. It, it used to be a very small percentage um, because space heating was so expensive and inefficient. But now that space heating systems are getting more efficient and people are doing a really good job of uh, working on their, their insulation and air sealing, Space heating is mm -hmm. becoming, uh, uh, domestic hot water is becoming a higher percentage of their bill. Um, you Got know, it. it used to be in the 15 to 20% range. Now it can be up to 30% or more. Some of these uh, super efficient passive house homes, for instance, the, the domestic hot water can be up well over 30% of the, of the overall energy cost of the house. We did a mass save audit a few years ago, and I remember that the person who did the audit said hot water heating can be about the third most energy intensive mm -hmm. appliances in, in a home, which was eye opening mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, behind, uh, I suppose, space heating and air conditioning. Yeah, exactly. And then, 
Uh, and I think it's because yeah, and it depends yeah. on the family, of course. You know, it's all based on usage. Um, you know, you've got the, a single person, uh, you know, elderly who, and we find that the elderly actually don't use a lot. They don't like taking showers. So, uh, you know, much different than a family of five with three teenagers, and you know, so it depends. For sure. And what's the difference between a solar hot water? system and an on-demand hot water system? Sure. Um, well, on-demand is a conventional, it's a term referring to a conventional uh, boiler normally that heats hot water as you use it. Usually, usually with gas or propane, there are electric on-demand hot water heaters also um, that heat hot water instantly as you use, as you call for hot water. So there's no tank involved. Uh, there might be small amount of storage in the unit. They're usually wall hung, smallish. They're very extremely efficient because they're not heating up a big tank of water and, and there's no heat loss from that tank uh, losing water. Okay. Um, so solar hot water is, is what we do is we always heat up a tank because we need to store the energy for when the sun's not there. <laughs> at night or on cloudy days. So yeah. the tank is like a battery for us. And uh, the solar thermal collectors will heat up that battery. And then that can be used um, as preheating for any conventional system. So it could, we could send that water to an on-demand system. And if it's already sure. hot enough, the on-demand will not have to fire. And um, how long would the... Uh, solar hot water tank keep the water hot? Is is it like a standard hot water tank, or are there any differences with it? Um, it doesn't. Uh, the, we we install uh, stainless steel tanks with lifetime warranties because the rest of the system is so robust. We like to keep the whole system consistent to last, you know, twenty to thirty years. Um, sure. But it it. You know, the tank can be any, any manufacturer. Um, it can be any material. Um, if it's well insulated, uh, like ours, it, they don't lose more than a degree or so uh, in 24 hours in, in a standard okay. basement. Um, so they don't lose much. Um, we also, the tanks are also large um, because... When the sun is out, we want to store as much energy as we can to get through the, the cloudy days. Um, and we also allow them to get hotter than a normal hot water tank since it's free energy. And then we add mm -hmm. a, you know, a mixing valve to prevent scalding, but we allow them to get uh, usually 10 or 15 degrees hotter than a normal hot water tank. Well, it's great that it only loses about 1%. I didn't realize that. That's pretty efficient. Yeah, one degree. Yeah, one degree. Yeah. Actually, that's less than 1%. Because we keep them at, uh, you know, 130 to 140 degrees. Uh, okay. When, uh, Got it. When possible. Mm -hmm. And just out of curiosity, why do people install these systems, and what are the benefits of solar water um, systems? Well, um, yeah, it's funny. I, you know, I do site visits with customers, and everyone has different reasons. Uh, and I tell people I, I never know. I've seen so many different types of people with different uh, thoughts and, and goals um, and, uh, you know, incomes and, and house size. Uh, but the, the two main are, are obviously 
saving, saving money, saving fuel cost, um, and the other is saving CO2 emissions. Um, and I get people with one or the other or both. Um, and uh, these days in, in Massachusetts anyway, uh, we have some very generous incentives. Um, there are federal incentives and state incentives that allow for um, relatively quick uh, payback, uh, just looking purely at finances. Um, and then in terms of CO2 emissions, um, it always surprises me when we compare you know, it also depends on what we're offsetting. You know, if the if the homeowner has oil, that's a certain offset. If they have electricity and they're using the grid, we're offsetting the grid. Uh, efficient on-demand gas heater. It's all it's different for everyone how much CO2 we're actually offsetting. Um, and but it always ranges uh, to be equivalent to. Uh, to a uh, over an acre of deciduous forest, in terms of uh, a mature deciduous forest, our little little system with just a couple little collectors on the roof. So, always impressive awesome. on CO2. Yeah. Yeah, very impressive. And can you tell me a little bit more about the incentives that residents of Massachusetts may be able to take advantage of? Sure. There are four major ones for a typical homeowner. Um, that would be the, the federal <clears throat> solar tax credit, which is the same tax credit that's available for solar PV systems. Uh, right now it's 26% uh, of the system cost. So that's a, that's a big, big nice, and that's a credit. It's not a deduction. So that's right off of the homeowner's tax bill. Um, and there's also a Massachusetts income tax credit which is usually also available for PV, usually around $1,000. And, um, and then there are two cash incentives. There's a, a cash rebate from the Clean Energy Center, um, and that can range uh, up to uh, two to $3,000, depending on the, um, on the uh, customer and their income level. And then there is what's called uh, AECs. It's um, Alternative Energy Certificates. They're issued by the Department of Energy Resources in Massachusetts, and they can be sold on the open market. And they're usually worth another $1,000 or so on a typical system. So four, four major incentives for a homeowner. Federal tax credit, Massachusetts tax credit, uh, rebate, and the AECs. Um, for a commercial customer, all these are available as well as um, a accelerated depreciation benefit, which is another great tax benefit for commercial customers. Okay. And is there any financing options available for residential customers for these systems? Yeah, MassSave, yes. Uh, MassSave offers a program uh, called the HEAT Loan Program, H-E-A-T. It's a great 0% interest loan that's available for solar hot water and lots of other energy efficiency measures as well. A homeowner can apply for that. They can put several projects, different technologies in one loan. I think the maximum loan is $25,000 and uh, MassSave approves it. They go to a local bank and um, and it's usually a pretty easy process. Uh, I think we have 
maybe half our customers utilizing those heat pumps. That's great. More reason to do solar hot water. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just in terms of the installation, how long does it normally take to install a solar hot water system? And is the system working immediately after installation, or does it need to wait a few weeks to get online? Uh, it's, it's a one-day installation, typically. Um, usually our crew arrives at 8 in the morning, and they're a simple, you know, cape-style house or something. They'd be finished by 2 or 3, and everything's online, ready to go. There's no interaction with the, the utility, so it's, it's very simple. simple. It's, it's plumbing work and, and roof work. Um, and uh, so the system's online, so to speak, immediately. We do offer an um, online monitoring system if people are interested, so you can connect to the Internet and see what your system's doing and look at a history. Um, nice. As long as there's Internet access available, that's, that's online that day too. So pretty simple okay. on that end. That's nice. So if, um, if a solar hot water installation was done today, tomorrow, customers would have solar hot water essentially. Yes. I mean, if it was a cloudy day, <laughs> no, the <laughs> tank isn't going to heat yeah. up right away. So it may take it. another couple of days for the tank to heat up. Okay. But the backup system, you know, obviously is delivering hot water in the meantime okay. until it heats up. I see. And speaking of a cloudy day, is there a certain outside temperature that you need to have in order for the systems to work? Uh, no, outside temperature doesn't doesn't isn't a huge factor. Um, the it's the sun and the sun angle and and the sun exposure that that makes a difference. Um, okay. You know, just like my okay. my analogy to the to the uh, the uh, dashboard of a car. You know, it can be pretty cold out, and that dashboard's going to get hot. So uh, it really doesn't matter much. I mean, a okay. little bit depending on where the pipes are run. Sometimes the pipes are run outside the house, so it might take longer to heat up the tank. Um, but the main thing is, uh, is the amount of sun exposure, which of course is less in the winter and more in the summer. Okay. But let's say it's a really sunny day in January, but it's very cold mm -hmm. outside. If it's very sunny, mm -hmm. could the solar collector system still be working and generating hot water? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I get, um, nice. you know, a lot of our customers have those monitoring systems, and we get notes from them saying, just wanted you to know my collectors are 150 degrees, and it's 20 degrees outside. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. We get the others too, but I won't tell you about those. <laughs> They're rare. So really it has to do with probably the amount of tree cover, maybe the roof angle, the roof type, and the position of the sun that are factors for systems? Yes. Yeah, we're, we're trying to um, – it's a little different than solar electric in that way because we are trying to generate heat summer and winter because obviously people use hot water consistently. With solar electric, they're trying to spin the meter backwards as much as possible whenever they can if it turns out that it's better in the summer, you know, they they don't mind the, the panels being more more flattish because they can okay. generate all that summer sun, those long summer days, 
sun is very high in the sky, spin that meter. And then in the winter, if they don't get as much, it's okay because they built up this credit during the summer. We can't okay. do that because you're using hot water all the time and we can't store it until next winter. So we <laughs> tend to angle at kind of an optimum angle depending on the location in Massachusetts. It's around 45 degrees. Try and get a good balance of plenty of summer, uh, summer production, and then you know as much as we can with winter production. Without uh, so we're angled up so that when that sun is low in the winter, we're still getting a pretty good uh, sun angle. Um, and then of course okay. uh, shading is obviously a factor. We, we measure that to make sure there's there's plenty of sun winter and summer. Got it. And so essentially um, how it would work is um, something like you would come out, uh, look at the roof, look at the tree angles to see where the best position of a collector would be and also to vet out the possibility of having solar hot water. Is that usually how it works? Yeah, we'll do an initial site assessment visit. And um, we can do a little bit with Google Earth, but it's it's – not easy because um, we some roofs that are rejected for PV systems, we can find, since we don't need a lot of roof area, we can usually find a spot somewhere that gets enough sun. So it's better to come out to the house and I have a device that we use the, that everyone uses in the solar industry to, to measure Got it. Um, and to measure the amount of sun. And look at the backup system, see how they're heating hot water now, make sure there's room for the tank, what the best option is for future backup. Um, you know, if their tank is about to is older and is about to be replaced anyway, you know, that's another savings for them to have a new stainless steel tank, uh, you know, that with a lifetime warranty. So all kinds of factors that are site specific. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And I don't know if you've come across this. Um, I think about Somerville, Cambridge, Boston. A lot of people live in condos with a shared roof. Mm. So I'm wondering mm. if you have that type of situation. Can you still install solar hot water? And how does that usually work? Yeah, with condominiums, um, we have done a few. It's um, it's difficult um, because it's a group decision, uh, which are always a little harder. Um, If the condominium complex has common hot water, so there's one system that's serving everybody, um, Mm -hmm. there's a good chance that we can do a very affordable system that benefits everybody. Um, um, But of course, everybody would have to agree and allow allow the use of the roof and space for the tank and all that. We've, we've done a few. We've done a lot of proposals um, that many that just, you know, get far. There's heroes, you know, in the association that really want to do it, but there's a few people that are skeptical. and So it's hard to, to pass those, but we have done a few. Um, okay. And then the other situations where you have condominium complex, maybe it's townhouses or, or attached townhouses or some other... Uh, orientation where everyone has their own hot water system and one owner wants to put in a solar system for their own uh, hot water heater. And sometimes it can work, especially with townhouses, 
because usually that mm-hmm. owner has control of that roof, and they just do one system in that townhouse. Sure. Um, but um, but uh, rare, rare to do okay. condominiums. Um, okay. For those challenges. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like the just from a purely cost benefit, solar hot water would probably help the condo in the long run in terms of if if it's shared. Uh, hot water heating it would potentially help lower fees for all the residents of the condo, but oh, yeah. I guess it's hard to say. And the tax credits and all those benefits get passed through, you know, pro rata. Yeah. So the numbers yeah. are, you know, pretty much the same as for a single family homeowner. If they if right. they're heating hot water with electricity or propane or oil, the numbers are really good. If they're if they have this extremely efficient gas system you know, it might be a longer payback, 10 years or more. And, and then the non-environmentalists in the, in the group are usually not as interested. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that um, I've spoken with a few people getting solar hot water uh, systems. I was wondering, it seems like it's become a lot more popular. So is there a wait list for installations or how long does it take for the installations uh, to happen? There is for us. We're very busy right now. It's about a mm, three to four month wait list for us right now. Okay. Um, the um, we've had some a couple of programs that were sponsored by the Massachusetts Clean Energy Center, and they've been really successful. Arlington, Winchester, uh, Lincoln, Sudbury, Wayland, North Shore, uh, Salem, Swampscott. They've all done programs with with volunteers from the community and uh, they've been very successful and kept us very busy. That's great. Um, yeah. More solar, the better. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I was wondering, just um, have you done a very unique installation or have you seen anything that was very unusual with, with solar hot water in the New England area? Oh, um, hmm, that's a good question. I was—I know that. I mean, every system is different. First of all, uh, I, I'm just amazed at how much. You know, I've probably visited 400 customers or 500 customers, and it just seems like every proposal and every layout is slightly different. So they're all unique in a way. But um, one that I keep thinking of is this um, developer in Greenfield, Mass, who. It was converting. He converts abandoned school buildings, brick school buildings, to affordable housing, and um, he's quite smart engineering type. And we have a type of collector that is made of glass tubes. Um, it's the same idea as the absorber plate, copper plate, but it's in glass tubes with spaces between them. It's kind of a more efficient collector in the winter. And he had the idea of mounting them as like an awning above the windows of this old brick schoolhouse building. So sunlight would pass really through creative. between the tubes, but generally, yeah, but generally it would shade, shade the windows in the uh, summer, um, but then when the sun is lower, the sun would come through the windows. So it was like a passive solar shade and really looked cool. These black tubes, I think it looks great anyway, these black tubes uh, as awnings above these big old windows from this 
brick school building. So, uh, yeah. That's awesome. We use that and this is in Greenfield? Sometime. Um, yeah, the, the um, developers in Greenfield. And he ended up doing uh, a couple of them with us, actually. Yeah. So, That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah Greenfield has a lot of cool, um, cool things in Greenfield. There's a company called Real Pickle. Mm -hmm. They make um, mm, fermented mm -hmm. pickles. They're absolutely amazing. They um, oh, they have wow. a solar roof on their okay. facility, and it's oh. it's spectacular. So they're essentially carbon neutral because of their solar mm, roof. Mm -hmm. This is our, our interesting. We have um, we did a large um, system for a catering company in Northborough. Large catering company. Uh, and he did the same thing, mounted these uh, awning style on an old brick building that used to be a powerhouse. Um, and then also it comes to mind as a brewery that we did, because breweries use a lot of hot water for cleaning mainly. Um, so Big Elm Brewery um, in Western Mass, we did a system for them as well. Oh, very nice. Yeah. You never yeah, know. I'll definitely put... Oh, definitely. So it's Big Elm Brewery, and then there was also a, um, is it a bakery in the North The catering Carolina, company or? is, yeah. Oh, oh, catering company. The, the catering, okay, yeah, yeah, it's Pepper's, Paper, Pepper's Catered Arts is the company. Okay. And Big Elm Brewery um, is the brewery. Olive Street Developer is the, is the fellow in Greenfield. Mark Fantastic. Sacchio is his name. Great. Is there anything else that we should know about solar or hot water that I didn't ask? Um, well, uh, one thing is, is people, sometimes people say, oh, I hear solar hot water doesn't need as much sun or it can be in the shade and it can work. And that's, that's kind of not true. We, we need sun just like anyone. It's just we don't need much roof space so we can usually find a spot. Um, but that's one kind of belief that people have that it doesn't need much sun, but we need Got sun it. just like solar <laughs> TV panels. Um, <laughs> and also another thing is, um, you know, solar water has been around a long time. Uh, it's, it's simple technology, obviously. Um, really was peaked in, in 79, the first peak during the Carter administration. Jimmy Carter put them on the roof of the White House. Um, and there are a bunch of systems installed then uh, in Massachusetts also. And not much has changed since then. It's still basic technology. Collectors are the same efficiency. But one thing that has changed is uh, we use what's called a drain back system so that the collectors are empty of fluid when the system is off. All the fluid drains okay. out of the collectors every night or when the tank is fully hot. And that's been a big change because the maintenance has become much, much less than it used to in the older systems from the 80s. So I just want people to be aware of that, that maintenance has become a, a much easier thing to deal with than these systems now. Okay. So, okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, do these systems need a little bit of maintenance every year, or is it just on an as-need basis? Pretty much as need. I mean, we tell people every five years or so to check, just check the solar loop and have us take take okay. a look. The controller is very smart. It has a light on it. It's green. Turn to red. That means there's an issue. It can call us. And of course, if you have online monitoring, um, we can diagnose very easily if there's an issue. 
Um, but they're built to last 20 to 30 years. Um, there's a pump that runs the, the only real moving part is the pump that runs the solar fluid around, and that may need to be replaced. It's not an expensive item during the lifetime, okay. but um, yeah. Great. Thank you so much for being very generous with your time. I know how busy you are. So um, thank, thank you very you. much for your time. It, can we, if we have more questions, can you share your um, information where we can get in touch with you? Sure, yeah. So the company's name is New England Solar Hot Water, and our website is simple. It's just the call letters from our, our name. So it's www.neshw.com, so standing for New England Great. Solar Hot Water. And, you know, there's forms there you can fill in and email us. Fantastic. So I'll go ahead and um, put that on the show notes as well. And thanks again, John. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Really appreciate it. So that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I'll go ahead and share the information about the tax credits in the show notes. Take care and be kind to yourself and one another. Musical credits go to Purple Planet and the track is Feeling Good. <laughs>